Record button on here. I had that going on purpose. I uh, know, Cody. Cody, <laughs> Cody don't yeah. you touch my board. All right. Happy afternoon at Air Cargo, where the future's so bright we had to go outside, put on the shades, you know, get a little tan, get a little color. Yeah, do you, do you see the beams just shining down upon us right now? Oh, yeah, you know, oh, it's like it shimmers yeah. in here. It shimmers and yeah. it sparkles and uh, it's, 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 it's a special city, it's the music city. What I like about going to these conferences is when they have these sort of buffets and uh, the lines are usually shorter when there's fears about things like coronaviruses and whatnot, <laughs> so you can eat a lot quicker. Right. They just got us right through that line. Yeah. Did you, I like that they thematically named them, though. They have, like, the Music City Mixed Greens. That's what I had. Yeah. 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 It was quite good. Getting a little roughage, a little, little fresh greens. Yeah, a little fiber. System yes, keeps it moving. The, uh, at the conference. Keeps you healthy. So, do you know why they named it the Music City? The Music City? It started in the 1700s. What? The fiddle music on the Cumberland River and the very first celebrity, Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. Was from here? Yes. Music City. Fiddling. Wow. Amazing yeah. stuff, Chad. The things you learn by sitting next to you. <laughs> what did you learn earlier today? So we, we've had the oh, stream yeah. going. The first What the Truck, I think we did that to tape, right? That one's going to come out later, but then we yes. were doing the, the live feed. There was a few interviews. I know you sat down. You had some fireside chads. Who did you talk to? <laughs> Uh, I talked to a couple of fascinating people. I talked with uh, Matt Bernstein, the uh, CEO of Hubtran, and what they are doing. Chicago-based, been around for about five years. They are they're helping things be. It's hard to explain sometimes. More efficient, like do, all these documents and stuff. They can just automatically be digitized, almost Whoa. like doing facial recognition oh. for documents. So that they can automatically sort and process a lot of things that were manual. They're, one cool thing about them is they, they have measurables. They have measurables, Dooner. Like if, you, uh, if your company takes them on, that you, you will see increased efficiencies. And if you don't, be, by virtue of me, then you don't have to use them anymore. So they're, okay, they're, like know, a money-back guarantee. Well, that's, sort of, Is that a money-back guarantee or is it like just stop using us if it doesn't? Because <laughs> can't you kind of do that with anything? Yeah. Uh, well, I suppose. In a lot of ways. They make it, they make integrating other systems good. They do that. I also talked yeah. with Brennan O'Dowd, um, co-founder of 7L Freight out of Oregon. Ooh. They're doing similar things. Optimizing efficiencies. There's so much that, uh, that, that you're going to be able to start seeing companies be able to do more and more and more. I mean, they founded 7, if you can believe this, they founded 7L Freight in 2006, Dooner. Wow. Like, I mean, wasn't that another era? Like, I, know, I guess. Where, where iPhones existed? No, the iPhone didn't come out until 2007. Social barely existing? No, I got a MySpace account. <laughs> Friendster. So, boy, has he seen some changes. And yeah. yet, boy, they're making it happen. So... Um, interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, what about you? How was your NASA conversation? That was fascinating. And like some of the things that came up during it were how uh, NASA some of plans to commercialize space, which I think a lot of people, when they think of it, they think of commercialization of space as just being like 
maybe space travel and colonization, but there's a supply chain play at hand. <laughs> yeah. In terms of, like, I was, and I thought this was a dumb question at first, but he's like, no, that's a great one, which, uh, NASA guy said I asked a great question, <laughs> by the way. Not, not gloating here, but yeah. he said that, um, that you could take packages. Like, if you were to send something from, like, Kennedy Spaceport, right? Yeah. And launch it up into space, you could have it land in China in, like, five minutes. Wow. Yeah, take that, Amazon. Like, imagine that kind of delivery. That's amazing. You know, one thing that but I... But what about this, Chad? What if, yeah. you put, what if you put factories in space, right? And then you're just launching stuff down on people from the fact... Like, you order something it's, on... It's so fast, it's almost as if you're flattening the Earth. And speaking of which, you did ask him another question about, like, is it... Do, do they get annoyed by the flat Earthers? Oh, and yeah. Stuff? And he had a surprising response. He said, no, I mean, it's good marketing. Even if it's like, even if they're dumb yeah. questions, it, it keeps NASA on the tip of people's tongues. What right. else do we talk about? Black holes, vampire stars. I mean, yeah. we went we went deep. I highly recommend that. That Insiders will be out Thursday, by the way. No question. They can also go in the stream and watch too, it, too. It was too dumb. No question was, and that's good for me. I like, I like an interview <laughs> like that. Speaking yeah. of interviews, who is coming on the show today? Well, we have Freight Waves Air Cargo reporter Eric Coolish. Who else? Coming on. Brian Schreiber, manager of Air Cargo, Rickenbacker International Airport. Whoa. Not to be outdone, Andrew Latabache, CEO of Reliance Partners, is joined by Ronald Ramsey, the CCO. Do you know what CCO is? Oh, Ramsey. Yeah, do you know what that stands for, CCO? A chief commercial officer. Bing, 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 yeah. bing. Very good. What else would it stand for? Uh... I don't know, but a lot of people aren't familiar with that acronym. They, they think oh. it's C-O-O. Oh, they keep trying to correct it yeah. in your Google Doc and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact. Yes. And finally. Karen Groff, right? Karen, Karen Groff from Groff. Roanoke Insurance Group. Yeah. Excited to see those guys here. Not just anyone, but the president. Yeah, and a lot of these right. folks, I actually saw Amanda Barlow just a few minutes ago. We were talking about Carnet. Oh, it's actually Carnet. It well, we'll oh, find out. We'll ask, yeah. we'll ask Karen, but I know that we have a conference coming up in Ken, uh, and in an instance like that, something like a Carnet <laughs> may come in handy. Ooh. We also found out the ATA and ATA Carnet does not stand for American Trucking Association. Oh, well, what Amazing does stuff. I was also asking when we were in line getting uh, coronavirus for lunch, um, we were talking, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to the guy who I'm going to be doing Insiders with, uh, Glenn Patton, later on, and oh, he was, okay. I was asking if they put, and I'm going to ask him on Insiders again, but I was asking if they uh, are going to insure any of the space commercialization and space build-out, because yeah. they insure freight and cargo and, and all, uh, he said they do satellites, I think, but not spaceships, yeah, very expensive. Well, maybe not for long. Right. What, to insure a spaceship? Yeah, maybe not for long. If we if we can get some of these initiatives underway, what once would be expensive will maybe not be so bad uh, after all. I know that you uh, have, uh, I think to end the day, one of the last things you're going to be doing is a fireside chat with uh, Susie Schoenberg? Yes. From Flexport. Yeah, doing a little research on them. What a fantastic mission they are doing. Flexport.com we've all heard about, but yeah. they've taken that Flexport.com and they've leveraged it into also having a Flexport.org. Oh. Susie is the head of that, and it's all about mission-minded stuff, uh, sustainability, the environment, 
social uh, justice issues, helping others around the world. Um, it seems like no supply chain issue is uh, is is off the off the table. She's doing many different kinds of initiatives. You know, we covered McLean Trucking um, in the on the Online Trucking Hall of Fame. And Malcolm yeah. McLean is the guy who made the intermodal shipping container. Now, like a lot of things in history, he, right. didn't, he didn't invent it, but he came up with one. And a couple interesting things about why his shipping container took off versus other ones. Like there were military applications. But it was his, the right size, right? No, well, no, it's not that. It's that he took his patents and he let anyone use it. So he basically oh. made it, you know, like freeware. Yeah. O- open source, open source code to his containers so anyone could adopt them. And that's how like they the really took network. off. Yeah, but when he started this company, when he started his shipping end of his company, he was given a $22 million bank loan. And in today's dollars, that's over $200 million. Now we look at. Substantial. Well, let's look at some of the money, though, the venture capital that's pouring into our industry now. And you kind of, like, you mentioned Flexport. They have, what, did they get like a billion dollars or something? In valuation, I I don't know. Yes, they're very well funded. All right, so four shipping containers they need to invent. Right? That's all. Yeah, just yeah, four. Just four non-proprietary, super awesome inventions. Now, one of the great things about working at Freightways is we get to work with all of these reporters who, when we're here broadcasting and talking to people, they get to roam the floor and, and get, and get you know, the pulse of the event. And one of them is here with us. His name is Eric Coolish. Come on, man. Cooley High Harmony. Hey, what's, what's up? up? How you doing? What's Thanks up, for joining Coolish? us. Anytime. It feels very cool to have you on. <laughs> yeah. Not I'm, just coolish. I've never heard right. super cool. I've never heard that joke before. Really? It's the first time. <laughs> yeah. Wow, That's well, the inventiveness of Chad. He was doing a little open mic last we're, night. Uh, <laughs> we're pretty original right here on what the truck, Eric. Well, what? Like you've been here a little while. Let, give us a, a lay of the land, such as you're seeing. Yeah. What's what's uh, what's going on on the floor? I mean, well, you got the exhibit hall here, which is packed, but uh, also there's been some pretty neat panels and just, uh, you know, just bending people's ears here. Um, and you know, one thing that was one of the things that's on people's minds is, like you talked about, sustainability and especially carbon emissions. Yeah. Air, aircraft are, you know, two percent of global emissions. You know, so relatively small part of the overall transport amount, but it's still a pretty significant it's pretty amount. Pretty significant. If you think yeah, about it. I forget the exact numbers. So, you know, people in this business are are paying attention to it, and so. Um, you know, we learned some things yesterday in a panel, and and it was interesting. You know, you mentioned Flexport.org. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have a lot of uh, social justice and, and mission-oriented uh, work they're doing. But part of it's sustainability. And w- yes. And, and one of the neat things there is it's it's not just you know for charity. They're they're also helping their customers, um, especially smaller customers, kind of achieve that sustainability themselves. So they're like going like, hey, you want to reduce your carbon footprint? We don't really know how to do it. They're like helping them, showing them how to do it, giving them a roadmap, you know, benchmark, you know, guidance so that, you know, smaller and mid-sized companies that aren't Walmart or DHL can kind of start doing that for themselves. It's so, so fantastic. One of the things I'm curious about is how did an organization such as Flexport.com decide they wanted to do an initiative like a Flexport? You know, that's a good question. I don't know the yeah. answer exactly. Well, uh, we will I, find out. Well, I think it's because they're smart. I think that they're being forward thinking. And if you look at the buying habits of millennials and especially Gen Z, they're very sustainability focused. Yep. And you're going to start seeing in terms of earning reports, uh, your green footprint is going to become a bigger component, especially as things like TMSs be able to track miles and carbon output. And you can yep. put air travel in that as well. And if you don't pass a certain grade, you're going to see 
you, right. you might and have that, some issues. That's a fascinating, that's a great observation because, uh, you know, the customer of the customers asking for that or the the retailer who the you know, the freight forwarder is working for, you know, they're asking them, what do you do? What are you doing? Because I need my supply chain to be greener because my customer at, you know, at the target, you know, counter is asking me about my footprint, so I'm asking you about your footprint. So it's all trickling down and, uh, right, so, and, and that the younger generation is, you know, really uh, tapped into that. Yeah. Speaking of in environmental and, and safety issues, you know, you have covered the lithium battery issue in the industry. You know, we all, we're using our lithium batteries. They're super efficient. We like them. They store battery life longer. Yep. Uh, and, you know, there have been some good rules in place about the movement of, of these goods, but it's the enforcement that doesn't seem to be happening. And some companies will be breaking the rules and, they're, and they don't seem to be paying the price for it. So what, what is the latest on what the industry is trying to do to create stronger enforcement for, for um, lithium batteries? Yeah, there, there's a lot of rules around lithium batteries. You know, they're ex extensive, you know, more than I, I don't even know them all, but you know, they start at the international level, government level, and trickle down to the national level, and then even airlines have their own rules on how to handle it. Um, you, you, Passengers can carry them on board, but you can't uh, take big boxes of them and stuff them in the bellies of a, a passenger plane. They can only go in bulk in a cargo plane. So, okay. um, and then there's ways you got to package them and label them properly so everyone knows, so there's no surprises. So, um, because what can happen? Well, the sometimes you can have a bad one. The, the the electrode could be off, and then it could overheat, or if it's poorly ventilated, then the the one overheats, and it spills into the next one. They get a rapid acceleration. Pretty soon, all of them are like you know domino effect, chain and reaction. yeah, chain reaction, and and then you got a bad situation, <laughs> and you don't want to be hey, there. Right? Is the seven thirty seven max? Is that a big topic in there? I know in earnings it came up in almost every airline's earnings was the seven thirty seven max, and and how. It, it, it seemed to affect everyone throughout that supply chain. You know, I don't think in here it is. I just had uh, Wally Devereaux from Southwest uh, Airlines on. They're a big, they, they all say fly 737s, and, you know, they got some of the new seven, the Maxes, uh, so they fly more of them than anyone. It's all grounded right now. Um, it's not a real big impact on the supply chain or the, the cargo people. That, you know, the 737 is a narrow body, so it's limited to how much it can carry, but... You know, a lot of these airlines were planning on having a slightly bigger fleet with, you know, these deliveries or getting rid of some older planes. So, you know, there's a few routes or networks where they don't have some planes they were expecting. Um, but for most of the logistics folks in here, you know, it's probably... People in the airline industry, it's a big deal, at least domestically. Well, they're they're flying old aircraft, right? That they would have retired. Yeah, older ones are less fuel efficient ones. So yeah, for their bottom line, it's and they're having to do a lot of workarounds and uh, you know canceling flights and rebooking people. So it's costly for the airlines. It's probably less a little you know uh, less visible to the logistics guys that are you know flying on there. Now you're a reporter, you're always hunting the next story. So what's oh the next story going on out there? I don't, break you know, something I for can't us. I can't give away my scoops no, right break it. Minute. I've got like a dozen stories just in my back pocket. I hope I can get to them soon. There's so much good stuff here um, that I've picked up. Um, you know, I was in another panel right now just talking about government regulatory stuff. Uh, so things that are on top of people's mind are um, some of the air cargo security with TSA, but also international air cargo through customs and some of the advanced information they want um, in a better format so they can screen it 
the cargo, you know, do risk management before it comes. Um, and uh, just other regulatory things coming down the pike that people are watching. Um, Cybersecurity is huge. Um, forwarders, a lot of the forwarding industry has been hit by ransomware attacks and so forth. So right. people are trying to figure out what kind of insurance to get. You know, do I have the proper insurance? How do I protect my networks? And so that's a big issue. Well, another thing that you, ha I didn't, I don't know if you broke this news, but you certainly covered it. Uh, Amazon taking over a couple of pinnacle operations. How big of a deal is this? Big deal, little deal, Eric? And uh, I mean, it's a power move. Like what's next for Amazon on this? You know, that's, everyone's watching Amazon. It, they never, they're constantly in motion changing the, the market or the, the environment, um, you know, they, before the Pinnacle operations that they picked up, Pinnacle Logistics, I think they picked up a facility or are going to operate out of Baltimore and another facility escapes my mind at the moment. Um, I think they were having some financial problems and they, they picked them up on the cheap. So, um, and then before that, they interestingly enough signed a deal uh, to get some cargo lift from a pure passenger, you know, one of these like, uh, Destination, travel destination carriers, Sun Country. Mm. You know, they fly to like sunny places mostly from yeah. Minneapolis. Like right so, here, right yeah. Now. So Nashville, yeah. I think look they at, come look to at here. Those so, sunny rays still coming down. Hey, Eric, how do they go and read, read your articles? Freightwaves.com yeah. and AmericanShipper.com. A lot American of them. Shipper or Freightwaves.com. You're going to find his articles. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. What do we got next? That was cool. Lish, yeah, wasn't it? yeah, like not not completely just coolish. <laughs> no, it was it was very no. cool. Of course, um, who's next for us? Brian Schreiber, where is Brian? He's coming Brian, up soon. He's, he's right got to he's, he's getting mic'd Brian's up. We'll talk to him in just a minute. Um, Two turntables and a microphone is all he needs. Yeah, are you really concerned about the lithium batteries when you go flying? Uh, you well, brought them up a few times, so I'm just curious if you're I, worried. I have. I don't know. I mean, it's like one of the issues we're talking about in the, you know, at the conference. That's yeah. all I'm trying to say. No, I mean, do you I think someone's vape get, or something is no, going to set your no, airplane I don't on think, fire? No, I think it's going to. I think it happens on cargo vessels, and it it, it, it takes yeah. them down. And, sure. Know, yeah. So, am I concerned about that? I I think that there are a lot of concerned citizens, uh, concerned shipper uh, people. And they are, they're, they're, they're wanting this to be addressed because those that cheat should not be able to get away with it. And how would they be cheating? Just cheating like, regulations? So, yeah, yeah. Just they, yeah. they just storm ship them any old way, and then it's like, oh, no harm, no foul. Thanks. No, you, you know, I, I was, I was, I was, I was toying with you a little bit, but you're, you're right. One of the biggest problems with fires at sea and fires in airplanes is misdeclared cargo. People saying it's something completely different than what it actually is. Yeah. Yeah. Not not declaring out those hazmat goods, and it's time to uh, get a hold of that um, that that issue in the industry, if possible, without making it unduly complicated uh, or slowing things down. Do you know that Brian went to the Ohio State? The Ohio State. He's a Buckeye. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he gets along with someone like Kevin Hills the sooner? Uh, I don't know. We'd have to put him in a cage and see what happens. Or you and Craig Fuller, who are uh, what Sikkim Bears? Sikkim Bears. I don't know that we'd be able to take on those Buckeyes. Yeah. Is he all mic'd up, Brian? Come on over. Come on down. What's Brian, happening? What's up, man? Having another wonderful air cargo conference. Oh, yeah. Another That's wonderful great. one. Okay. How does this rank in the annals of air cargo conferences you've been to? Um, this one, I think, is a record breaker in many regards. I wow. think for exhibitors, for, for attendance, and um, it seems to keep growing every year. And we're getting some international 
uh, companies coming in now, like Cathay Pacific's here. We have some airports from overseas, so it's been very successful. Fantastic. I mean, I hope that's not recency bias, but um, mm. we are here for the first time, so hope that uh, you know we're doing our small part to make it a good conference. I noticed that as an Ohio State Buckeye, you majored in aviation, airway management, and operations. Man, that you are a dude who knew what he wanted at an early age. I mean, I was like, I didn't know if I was even going to declare to be an English major. And then after that, I still didn't know what I was going to do. Well, I was, so, I was flying airplanes at 16 when everybody else was getting their driver's license. Oh, wow. And decided I didn't want to be a pilot. Uh, I didn't want to be away from my family. I had a young family coming out of college and okay. kind of went into the management end of things. Wait, did that make you pretty popular, though, when you were 16 and you had the <laughs> you were flying planes? It was pretty cool. Yeah, I imagine. I took a date for a ride in college. She liked it a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wonder if you think Trevor does that. <laughs> Trevor, are you taking girls on dates in your... No, he's married with, oh, the, with oh, the okay. Child. Well, maybe that's how he met his wife. Yeah, maybe. Okay. We'll have to ask him. Well, so why is Central Ohio? Why is that America's best kept secret as an international logistics hub? So we, exactly because we reach half of the U.S. population and a third of the Canadian population within a one-day truck drive. Wow. wow. <laughs> so, uh, so, you, so the secret is getting out. You guys are doing a lot of stuff at the Rickenbacker International Airport, and you bring together all modes, like, don't you? Can you explain a little bit how, how some of that works? Yeah, so I'm an airport guy. Uh, you know, I work for the airport authority, but we run three airports and the foreign trade zone within central Ohio. So mm -hmm. we're really involved in logistics. And I always try to explain to my passenger side of the, the house that, you know, the, the Rickenbacker Airport where my office is is not just an airport in a vacuum. It's a logistics ecosystem. Uh -huh. So we have uh, an intermodal ocean container yard uh, terminal right attached to the airport. There's four of them in our region, but we have one right attached to the airport. So you get your air, your ocean, all in one, one spot geographically. For people who don't know, what is an FTZ, a foreign trade zone? So it's a, it's a U.S. customs program where you can defer, eliminate, or reduce customs duties and charges for international um, business. Basically, you have to be a high-volume or a high-value international importer to take advantage of the program. What separates it from, like, a bonded warehouse, per se? So... A few things. There's uh, when your freight comes in, um, it moves. It doesn't have to wait at the port. It can d direct deliver. Um, your your systems within the warehouse are very tied into customs, so they have a high visibility on your stuff. And um, for instance, instead of filing a an entry and paying customs fees for every single shipment that you bring into the United States, which caps out at about five hundred dollars depending on the value, you can consolidate all your shipments into uh, one weekly entry. So if you have twenty shipments a week at $500, uh, because of the connectivity with the customs system, you can consolidate that into one $500 transaction with customs instead of 20. Wow. Uh, and there's other advantages. It's um, a freight in a foreign trade zone does not officially enter the U.S. stream of commerce. So if it's brought in, stored, or there's a manufacturing process and then re-exported to a foreign country, you never pay any of the customs duties. Yeah. What's Reebok. Reebok was one of my first accounts when I was with FedEx Trade Networks, and they were huge into FTZs because oh. footwear, has, it's, it's high, it's like 25% duty rates on the footwear. So they don't want to pay that. They don't want to get that money tied up and give it to the government until they absolutely have to. Right. Right. Uh, what, what are some of the main kinds of cargo that you see moving through your airport that you guys are, uh, are moving every day? Like, what do you rank high in? So at Rigabacher, we're freighter only. Uh, so it's a little bit different. We're really unique in the world, only maybe other than Liège Airport in Belgium is, is similar to us. Oh. So we see a lot of uh, fashion and apparel. As you mentioned, that's definitely our base load. Yeah. Um, we're seeing increasing amounts of electronics, auto parts, 
uh, and other commodities on the freighters as well. Is that is that your ideal customer, people moving those type of commodities through the, uh, I believe you have something called the, the Rickenbacker Inland Port? Well, we kind of are retooling <laughs> that because an inland port can name, it can mean a lot of things. It can yeah. be a river port. It's basically anything away from the ocean. We've gone away from the inland port moniker a little bit. We're we call it the North American International Freight Center now. Ooh. We haven't put a press release out about that okay. yet. But it's, well, here you go. There it was. <laughs> we needed a, a, a title to adequately characterize the, the set of logistics assets that are in the region. Yeah. Which is encompassing of the airport, of the foreign trade zone, of all the warehousing and distribution, of all the trucking companies like Ford Air has their North American um, gigantic operation there. I guess they're called Forward now. We learned that this week. Oh, wow. So it's, it's really a logistics ecosystem, as I mentioned. Well, so you're, you're dealing with all the different kinds of, 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 uh, of freight and cargo movement. What is, like, how do you do it? Like, I mean, I would think that it would be hard to do just one mode. Uh, are you a jack of all trades or do you find yourself spending like 90% of it really dealing with trucking or the, getting the, the goods out of the warehouses? How's your time generally spent? I'm a facilitator mm. because I don't make any of the freight. I don't move any of the freight myself, but I try to connect companies and people that need the services with each other. Um, and then just being a good collaborator. Uh, one of the reasons why we're so successful in central Ohio is that we collaborate across businesses, even competitors. You know, an Abercrombie and Fitch's stuff rides on the same planes that the Gap rides on, and we all, you know, we all collaborate in that way. Mm. You mentioned collaboration. You're here mm. at a conference, tons of different companies, potentially... Oh, potential partners, potential rivals. Sorry, this thing keeps getting me. Um, anyways, who, who here are, really impresses you and who here do you, do you think could be a good collaborative partner? You don't have to necessarily name names, but is, right. there, is there industry, something going on in there that, that excites you? What's or scares you? What's exciting is uh, nothing scares me. Uh, you okay. really shouldn't yeah, be scared of anything in the freight industry, except lithium-ion batteries, maybe. Uh, he is very uh, worried about those. I know. Being on his this aircraft. is a very important issue. Yeah. But um, I think this is a fantastic conference because of the three entities that put it on. So you have your airport entity, which I'm uh, just immediate past chair of Airports Council International's air cargo, um, uh, air cargo. What's the word? Committee. Okay. Or ACINA. So you have your airports, you have the trucking companies with the a with the Air and Expedited Motor Carriers Association, and then you have your freight forwarders. So those are three major players of getting goods moved around, yeah. which is why this conference is so fantastic to have those three entities come together. It's not just an airport conference. It's not just a freight forwarder conference. It's not just an airline conference. You get it all here. Yeah, we're meeting facilitators, integrators, collaborators, all different kinds of, uh, of, of agents in the movement of freight and goods. It's fantastic to have you on. How do they collaborate and uh, get to know more about what you're doing, Brian? So they can go to our uh, website, rickenbackeradvantage.com. My email is on there. You can always get a hold of me. I'm that guy that everybody, I'm kind of like the dot connector. I'm the point person for, yeah. for steering inquiries. So they're always welcome to visit the website. What are you off to next after after you get off the our show at the truck and you go walk around the floor? Are you going to exciting keynote? Are you going to... I don't know. Who still has to go? Craig Fuller has to go tomorrow. He's doing his keynote here. I'm not sure what's on the docket for today. He'll have to stop glowing from the sunshine and the fame of being on What the Truck. But after (laughs) that. After that, now that everyone recognizes you. (laughs) What am I off to at the conference? Yeah, what's next? What's cool? Since I've been in my committee meeting all morning and in other sessions, I really need to get in there and see the exhibitors more. I need to to walk the show floor and talk to some old friends and, and meet new friends. Now, do you grab a lot of swag? Like, some people like to go to every booth. And I remember when I'd run a booth, you'd have people, like, they wouldn't even say anything to you. They'd just walk by and, like, just, just like, grab something and... 
and you know they go around the whole floor. Just look at that. Here, you can have this one. This one's for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and take it and have a T-shirt as well. Thanks, if you'd like. But who has the best swag? We have T-shirts and we get sonar. There, uh, there what, is what, some awesome swag out there. Yeah. So, so I haven't been on the show floor enough to know what it is, but I do. Uh, I do shopping for the kids. Yeah, there's some <laughs> and then toys, there's functional there's stuff toys. for you. Yeah. yeah, we got some NASA pins. <laughs> yeah. Exciting stuff. All right, man. Well, thank you for joining us on the show. We really appreciate your time today. Thank you for being here. You guys are one of the the news outlets that I follow really intensely. Oh, wow. wow. That's a lot of pressure. Well, thank All right. you. Well, you know, wow. we're we'll changing pay you the later world. for that. Yes, All right. that's that's what we get for thanks. a sonar truck. Thanks, Brian. Just just imagine if we gave him a Sioux. We have very exciting stuff. Um, yeah. What do you make of that? So we haven't we haven't had a chance to walk the floor yet. We said we were going to, but then we, we had to do a bunch to. of interviews. I, we I'm haven't have had a to get chance. My bag. I'm gonna load up, man. I saw all kinds of toys for the kids. Well, so okay, when you bring this stuff home to the kids, what are they like? Are they simple? Do they like a pencil or like a pen, like a mechanical pencil? Some people like that. Usually they're more in the toy quality. Oh. Like like a like our killer whale. That yes, that is a um, is this a killer whale or is it a Son- dolphin? Sonar Susie. I believe she's from the orca family, Chad. She's, she's an orca. Now, I'll tell you something. Is there an aquarium in Nashville? Yes. Okay. Have you been to it? No. Okay. But it's big. Yes. And Chattanooga, Chattanooga built theirs, I think, with the inspiration of, like, well, Nashville and Atlanta have got one. We need oh. to get one. Well, in Atlanta, they have a whale shark. Oh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Are you all mic'd up? You fit? You fit? Yeah. Who's coming on next? Who do we got on the show next? We have got... Andrew Latabashay, CEO of yes. Alliance Partners, and Ronald Ramsey, CCO oh, we of got, Reliance. We've got a couple gentlemen coming on. Hold on. There we got two of us. Move on over. Look, here Taking we go. over the set. Get you Whoa, one more microphone. Bring in too. the other microphone. Yeah. Got both Make these gentlemen room. mic'd up. Look at that. Man, it's it's almost it's 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 too much C-level executive goodness from Reliance <laughs> all at the same time. Uh, great to have you guys on. Thanks for being here from Chattanooga. Yeah. Glad to be here. How's your drive in? It'll take about two hours. Two hours. <laughs> yeah. Pretty bad. These guys are right down the street from us. We are located in Freight Alley in Chattanooga. What's, there's a lot of cool stuff going on here, but before we get to that, what's cool going on in Chattanooga right now? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, besides the, the startup economy just blowing up, you know, Freight Alley... We got so many freight startups coming up there, but we've got a Carrier Forum One conference coming up. That's right. Pretty exciting. It's coming up in March, and we're also got a couple other little things that we're going to be rolling out for Reliance Partners wise. Yeah, I'm, I too. am a uh, guest speaker at that particular conference with Cassandra Gaines. I'm excited, looking That's forward right, to it, yeah. beginning of March. That's right. I think we're actually having part of a. There's something going on at Freight Alley. Do you guys always come to the Air Cargo Conference first time, multiple Second times? Time. Second time. We came last year. Okay. So it's been a it's been a good conference for us. We have some customers here on the brokerage and asset based trucking side. So it's uh it's definitely neat to learn about another niche within kind of the transportation industry. So you come here kind of on a learning expedition, like li- listening to customers and what their issues are? Because I guess it, it all connects and there's a regulatory environment that impacts all, all different forms and, and, and facets of, of the space. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's very educational and uh, it's definitely a little bit different than, say, your traditional over-the-road trucking operation. So it's always nice to come in and be briefed on everything that's going on. It's okay. also a great networking event as well. Yeah, so who do you guys here to network with? What do you want to, what do you want to connect? What do you want people to know about Reliance? Uh, what's what's the purpose? 
I mean, I think for us coming out and seeing the freight forwarders, the freight brokers, the trucking operations, warehousing, so, you know, let them know who Reliance Partners is, how we're growing and kind of what we specialize in, which is transportation and logistics insurance. So all across the country. One of the things, you know, that we've been hearing a lot about in, is, is these nuclear verdicts we've been hearing about, and it's been putting pressure on the entire industry. And some are saying that we are just at a time of crisis when it comes to insurance rates and what they're doing to those narrow margins that a lot of companies are barely able to maintain. What kind of pressure do you guys feel uh, on this front, and what, 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 what can we do? I think, honestly, it's... Uh from a publicity standpoint is really getting it out there and letting people know that some of these accidents and the nuclear verdicts that we're seeing, it's really unfair to the trucking operations and uh, everyone within the industry. You know, I think when they see a big truck, everyone just assumes they're at fault, right, yeah. for the accident. Yeah. That's, that's unfair to the driver, the company owners, everyone that's out there. I think from our standpoint, our responsibility is to make sure that when we take, let's say, your company out to the insurance marketplace, is educate the underwriting staff that's behind it, what you're doing to be a safe organization, and really shop it out within the marketplace and get you the best option and the best coverage. And I think a lot of truckers aren't getting that right now. They come in, they get a renewal that's 200% increase, like you said, yeah. narrow margins, and they have to close their doors, unfortunately. Do they need yeah. to shop stronger and be smarter about it? What do you wish more, what are you trying to evangelize? What do you wish more truckers, trucking companies knew about when it came to what you guys do? I think exposing them to kind of in open the curtain, right? A lot of times they don't understand kind of the, even the pressure that's on the insurance company. So you see it and they operate. If you specialize in commercial auto, your margins are thin as well. It's not personal lines, like your personal car, your homeowners. Um, the losses are, are taking a toll on the insurance companies that are out there. So they're constantly asking for rate. And I think one thing that we do really well is we kind of have some safety and risk management old DOT officers that come in they educate our company owners on operating better operation, and then they also go out and re-expose them to the underwriting staff within the insurance. Seems like an easier way to make some change than to try to have incredible tort reform, right. which is probably right. what we we really need. I know you guys at Reliance, you do some pretty unique stuff, lots of diversity. You, you There's many different languages spoken at Reliance because of the customers that you're reaching out to. Can you talk a little bit about the uh, the these, um, these movements that you're making, who you're reaching out to, and how and why it's so diverse? Yeah, so it's a great point, uh, and, and we are just doing that. We're trying to reflect our customer base, right? So we've got Punjabi speakers, Spanish speakers, Russian speakers. Uh, we want to be able to communicate with them, and we want them to be able to call in and have someone that they can relate to. If they need something as simple as adding a truck or getting a quote, uh, right now it's really difficult. Uh, there's not a lot of options for them out there. So we're really trying to expand our, our hiring into those markets um, where we have a lot of success, uh, and it's something we're going to continue to focus on doing. Is that throughout the United States? It like is. there's just in every different region. It, that's okay. exactly right. Punjabi. Hmm. Wow. How, is it hard to find people speaking some Punjabi? Uh, that's kind of a specific skill set. So <laughs> it's, it's somewhat difficult, but yeah. Wow. I mean, so you guys. So you, I know we also talk about the talent shortage. Always looking for good talent. It, the, what's it in the environment of like Chattanooga for uh, the different kinds of constituencies that you guys are reaching out to? Uh, what do you do to attract high-level talent such as you guys need? 
I think it's just culture, uh, mm. staying in our lane, knowing who we are. Um, you know, we're trying to be the best insurance provider in the insurance space. We, we've got a great company culture, great benefits. Um, we're constantly, um, we're a very flat organization. All the C-level executives sit on the floor. Um, we're all one big happy team. Uh, there's no private corner offices. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, we're, so. we're often asked, because uh, we are based in Chattanooga, right. why is Freightways based in Chattanooga? So I'm going to ask you guys, so I don't have to answer this. Maybe you'll give a better answer and I can just steal it from you guys. Why are you guys based <laughs> in Chattanooga? Because it's, it's, it's the epicenter of uh, transportation. You know, oh. I think Craig coined the name Freight Alley, but it's so fitting. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a two-hour drive from Birmingham, Atlanta, Nashville, Knoxville. I think I saw a stat like 80% of uh, the U.S. is within a day's drive. Wow. Um, it, it's just a... It's a great dynamic, you know. U.S. Express and Covenant back in the in the '80s uh, really developed the real large asset-based carriers. You got Kenco, the largest privately held warehousing company. So there's a lot of transportation. There's a lot of talent to pull from as a result. That's a good point. We used to have a guy commute all the way from Florida to Freight Alley <laughs> and back for a few short, <laughs> for a few short, long-lived weeks. weeks yes. I guess. Uh, well, I guess uh, one other thought. I'm just wondering, like, what what are you hearing? Are there some regulatory types of issues, some some coverage types of issues that you're you're hearing that you guys uh, are open to, like, sort of creating a policy policies for? Um, just say it, Chad. Is the trucking insurance system rigged, and is it time for a change? <laughs> Not I think we already that. <laughs> that is not what I was asking. I think from a uh, brokerage standpoint, uh, you know, customers are asking brokers more and more to sign contracts that they have no business signing today, asking them to take on a lot of liability. It's kind of the overcorrection because of the litigious lawsuits that we've seen in the nuclear verdicts. Uh-huh. So we're trying to be very creative to come up with some uh, some programs, for example, uh, you know, trailer pool coverage for a broker. You know, today they can't; that coverage is really not available. So we're trying to come up with some unique ideas to differentiate ourselves in the space. Okay, so that's a part of the process is being here at the Air Cargo Conference. Fantastic, guys! Uh, where do they go to learn more? Yeah, uh, you can go to www.reliancepartners.com, and uh, you can read more about it there and all the coverages we had to offer, and we have. Uh, we're all over social media, so check us out there on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I think we have an Instagram account. We I'm did. not the tech guy. So. We well, all right. you, got, you guys getting TikTok? out there and, and checking out some good music we don't have tonight? TikTok. All right, not yet. Yeah, we checked out some music last night. It's why we're sweating up here on screen. It's a little... <laughs> Oh, okay. After, <laughs> after effects of the stage. Yeah. Oh, I see. All right. All right. Well, you, you have a nice shiny glow. Yeah, take care. <laughs> All right. Great to have take you guys. Easy, Thanks, guys. Enjoy Appreciate the rest it. of the Thank show. Thank you. Awesome. Good stuff, so, man. On radio this weekend on the Sirius XM show, yeah. I was talking to a transportation attorney, this guy, Joe Pabalardo, and he was talking, and Cassandra's talked about this before, but it's yeah. the uh, the reptile... Like one of the things they try to do with the, the jury is that, and they this is what they call it, the, like the reptile oh, the brain. brain, yeah, like appealing to, which sounds weird to me because reptilian brain to me would almost fear, be like the amygdala, I guess, right? I mean, I would, yeah, the fear center of the brain. Because yeah, you don't think of a reptile as like as like caring though, but like what they're, <laughs> appe- but it, but you can't do this though, Chad. You can't be like. Because I, I was like, okay, is this a good argument that I could use if I was a lawyer? And he was like, no, that would be you'd get object, object objection. You can't be like, <laughs> you would want your kids to ride on the road with a crazed maniac trucker or something to that effect. You can't do that. You have to be like, statistics show that you know you have to be like super lawyery and dry about it. It's not like the courtroom yeah. dramas we know and love on TV. 
Well, but it does sound like some uh, some really some real strong emotional claims, some ethos, really trying to stir up the jury, you know, taint the jury pool in a lot of these cases is happening. You know what's coming up next? What is who? It is Karen Groff, the Groff president time. of Roanoke Insurance Group. First time I've ever heard of your company, Karen. Hi, Karen. <laughs> Great to have you on. Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming down. My dad says hi. Yes, I know, Jerry. Yes, I know. I miss him. I haven't seen him in a while. He, they, they, they're in Florida right now. They got down there just in time for like the freezing weather. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. good timing then. Yeah. They bought a they bought a new um. They go through cars as often as they go through houses. I don't okay. know if you know that about yeah. them, but oh, yeah. he already destroyed, like they bought a VW and VW, come on, improve your quality. You're in Chattanooga. <laughs> the, uh, the, the alternator belt ripped on, on the trip. Yeah, they're tripped down. So I don't oh, know. Got it. So they, they have to like pull off to the side and go get it repaired or what? No, they, they actually made it like, it, it's like the car just like went kaput once yeah. they got to where they oh, needed God. to be. So I don't know what's going on there, but you know what is going on, Chad? We are having a conference in Canada. Right yes. in September, September sixteenth. And if you look around, there's all this gear here, right? And we gotta we gotta figure out a way to get it into Canada, oh, right? And we it's not easy to do. So how would we go about getting our equipment into Canada? Well, I have a great idea for you. Okay. I think that you could try an ATA Carnet. Ooh. Do you know what that is? No. What is? <laughs> tell us what a Carnet is. How do you? Is it a temporary it? import bond? It's, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's an international customs document that lets you take merchandise, you know, whether it's commercial samples, professional equipment, yeah, uh, to, uh, into cameras, microphones. Yeah, yeah. So There's, it's not pronounced carnet, like a lot no, of people think. No, not okay. like a hairnet. No, it's okay. it's it's carnet. It's carnet. It's a French um, for book of tickets, and it's mm. a, oh. it's an international customs document that lets you take merchandise into foreign countries without paying duties or taxes if it's you're just taking them in temporarily so if if okay. you're going in for a year or less you can put your merchandise we on this document yeah and basically it makes it easy they like to call it a merchandise uh, passport okay. okay and so think of it as a passport you've got a book of tickets customs is going to sign it stamp it when you leave the united states and then when you get into the foreign country and you're clearing customs, they'll stamp it. You go about your business, you go to your trade show, you go see your clients, you show samples. And then when you leave the country, you get it stamped and you leave. So it's it's really like a passport and, and it shows the proof of clearing in and clearing out of that country so that you won't be charged duties and taxes. Now, how much in advance would we have to get something like this? You said it's good for a year, so uh, could, could we apply for one now? Should we apply closer to when we know exactly what our inventory is going to be? How would that work? Yeah, definitely. Wait until you know everything you're bringing. We can issue these carnets uh, same day, Yeah, basically. Now, Amanda Barlow's here, and she's like, if you are from the Northeast, she's like the evangelist at all the Connect events yes. of of the Carnets, and she's always just trying to peddle Carnets to people. And they're like, we're not going to Ken. And she's like, so why is Roanoke involved in Carnets, though? Well, Roanoke has been involved in Carnets since 1978. Wow. Uh, we were appointed by the U.S. Council for International Business, which is the International Chamber of Commerce arm in the United States. And uh, they basically appointed us because it was hard to get the word out to the U.S. marketplace of you know the benefit of these products and because Roanoke is so entrenched in the transportation industry 
Yeah. Um, all of our clients, you know, are in the transportation business, and it made sense that we could get the offering out there. So we added it to our services. As you know, we do customs bonds, we do cargo insurance, and other transit-related insurance. So adding Carnet to the mix made sense. Are there things that what what would you typically what do you typically see on a Carnet, and are there, are there things that are sort of like you you know you can't put that on a Carnet? Yeah. Well, you see virtually everything on a Carnet, but I'll tell you I'll tell you first what you don't get on a Carnet is anything that's consumable or is not going to be returning back to the U.S. Right. Okay. So it's 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 really for anything going over temporarily. I mean, virtually pretty much anything. So. Um, so you wouldn't put pamphlets or giveaways, right, on a carnet, but you could put um, machinery samples that your machinery equipment that you might be demonstrating. I mean, we've had hospitals take medical equipment that they want to demonstrate to solicit sales mm. for their business or, you know, trade show equipment. Uh, we've even had... Um, Anything for entertainment, right? So if so, Dooner could take his cowboy hat. Yeah, sure, right. You wouldn't have to. Right? Just, that was an expensive item. You wouldn't have to buy one wherever you go. Speaking of, can you bring it anywhere you want? Is a carnet valid in any country, or are there are only only some participants? There are a hundred countries and territories that accept carnets. So uh, there are carnet member countries, which is okay. it's run by the World Customs Organization, and um, so pretty much you can go. To, to an awful lot of countries, but um, and when you go over into a country, you can cross and go to multiple countries within one trip. Ah. So you don't just have to go to that country and back. Like perhaps like the Olympics in Dubai in 2020. You could do that certainly, <laughs> do you, or the you, World Cup you, in Qatar. Do you do big events, or do you have some large clients that move tremendous amounts of things? Um, yeah, both. We so so these big events, you know, for the Olympics and stuff. will you'll see a lot of carnets for the uh, news networks, right? Okay. And then and then for the sporting equipment uh, for the sports teams, and you know, for uh, exhibitions and. What do, was your other do you deal with any rock bands? Um, oh yeah. Why, are you have looking you to seen, go on tour have again? Have you seen some crazy You're, stuff? You oh, and yeah. your uh, oh yeah, your, your dirigible. We have, we have a lot of didgeridoo. Um, what do you got there? That what is your digital <laughs> thing called? My, I have no idea what you're talking that about. That little right? digital mixer you're always putting TikToks up about. I still, the, I don't have a digital. Okay. Like, um, <laughs> um, what's that little drum machine called that you have? Oh, my deluge. Exactly. It's my synth. I'm sorry. I, He's very pedantic like that. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> you had experienced okay. this. No Karen. company. No. <laughs> no companies that that you know rock bands and and freight forwarders that move entertainment companies, um, definitely. Okay. So what's your yeah. pitch, though? So people out here who are like, I need to give you an, uh, you know, I have 60 seconds of your time, or you're in lunch over there waiting in line, or at dinner, and you're like, you know what, I really need to evangelize carnets. Got to sell a couple more. How, what are you going to say? Well, a carnet is the most accessible way to take your merchandise overseas without duties or taxes. It's also the most cost-effective way. It's good for a year. But, you know, if you're a freight forwarder, customs broker, Having Carnet in your arsenal to be able to offer it to a client when it's right. I mean, think about freight forwarders who have clients who they have all sorts of needs, right? They're exporting or they then they have another situation temporarily where they need to go over. It needs to be in the arsenal of a freight forwarder to say, this is when you need a Carnet. Yeah. And so 
I, I, I just can't say it any simpler than that, is really um, if, you, if you're not using Carnet in your language and you're a freight forwarder, um, put it into your language, put it into your arsenal to make sure that you are being as competitive as the next guy who's also selling or offering Carnets to their clients. Whenever when I when I used to sell freight and we would we actually sold your insurance policy with our stuff and I think it was like twenty five cents on a hundred dollars and whenever a shipper was like no we don't want the insurance I would just I would just facepalm like you can't take that risk can you you got to get the cargo insurance I think so yeah because don't leave port without it no no right? it's, it's it's not worth it you know people think that they're going to be covered um, by declaring. Um, their value, the value. On yeah. their bill of lading, but it's it's not it's not the same. It's All right, well, I, I think we we need to get a carnet. So how do we we or anyone else no. who is like we're also going to Canada? How do they reach out? How do they find out more? You go online to car- carnetsonline.com. Wow, carnetsonline.com. Very easy. Yeah. And and then you simply um, you register, you you apply, and um, it's it's very easy. You have a login, and the software is self-explanatory. You don't need any training. You just follow along and fill it out. And then there's also a 1-800-CARNES phone number wow. that you call. And You dialed you know, it down. You got the good web address and you got the, the perfect 1-800 oh, number. Oh, yeah. We've been doing this a while. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, there's our, our service team is tremendous and they can, they can literally sit with you online, um, real time, on the phone and on the computer, helping you get through the application. We can get them issued same day. Um, mm. It's a pretty easy process. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Great to have you on, Karen. <laughs> Had a good yeah. time. Thanks. Thanks. Take it easy. Wow. So I think we'll have to do that. I think the hard part for us is knowing what we would want to bring. Yeah, because that can that can change up to the last moment. Like even on the way here, remember we yeah. had to grab a we had to stop by Freight Alley and pick up some t shirts. Right. Like we probably you know, would have to put that on a carnet too or and, and low. we still forgot some things. I know, and then we'd be like, Yeah, we gotta get some cables over here. And I imagine that would happen when you get to to Canada, but I think the yeah. whole thing is to avoid having to buy or rent a ton of equipment, or as she mentioned, like, we are at a conference right now, and when people want to exhibit, they need, uh, like, this, like things like this are the perfect sales pitch for ACARNA being at events like this, because everyone had to bring a bunch of stuff here. You know, they even these stand-up signs. I don't know, like, how many setups you've done at, con- like, we do this stuff, but, yeah. like, back when I was doing sales, like, you'd have to... And like the back of your hatchback, you'd have to throw a, a table in there and a yeah. tablecloth and business cards and stuffed animals the, the and band, pens. The band. You, you got your PAs, you got your amps, yeah. you've got your deluge synth, you've got your instruments, chords, yeah. it's, a, it's like costumes. What'd you learn this episode? We talked to we talked to a bunch of different people. We t- we learned about um, two different variants of, of insurance. You talked about the trucking and the uh, the nuclear verdicts. We talked a little bit about the reptile brain, the thing that drives I, Chad Prevost. I, I tell you what, I um, I I learned a little bit more about lithium batteries. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> your reptile brain speaking, right? That fear no, you have of lithium ion batteries. I know, I know, uh, and I'm I don't I feel restless. I don't feel like there's an answer coming yet of enforcement. Uh, also, I don't feel like there's an answer for these insurance rates, hmm. and I feel like something needs to be done, but it's, it, I just, we're all doing the best we can, but like one like nuclear blow-up just kind of blows it all up. Uh, I also, you already knew what an integrator was, but I, yeah. I, learned, I learned, you know, about what Brian Schreiber does. What about the, FTZs? 
free trade yeah. zones, yeah. Yeah, those two. Or foreign trade zones. Yeah. Some people call them free trade zones, but it actually is foreign trade zone. Which is kind of interesting if you think about it, because it's like it's in the U.S., but it's almost like its own, it, it's its own like sovereign state within the U.S. Yeah. They even and, have like their own little codes. And, it's codes. Say, and the, the idea is to not pay the taxes. Yeah, and that's where a lot of this. So, like, just same as the carnet. It's it's just a way to yeah. not have to pay a bunch of, to not actually have to do an import entry and then do an export entry to bring your goods back because you're just going to be there temporarily. Interesting. Yeah. Right. What do we got yeah. coming up next? I know that we um, there's going to be a fireside. Is that a fireside chat? Are you doing that one with Lionel Vanderwalt? Uh, no, Scott. No, it's Scott Case. Scott Case. Oh, it'll be a fireside is, case. It is. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Lionel Vanderwalt is in the very capable hands of uh, Scott Case, and uh, they know each other well. Scott Case is your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man here at the show. Yeah. Uh, knows a little bit about all, all the things that these guys are doing. They wear a lot of hats. They do. Scott is going to talk about it. Not mine, though. Then we will be having Glenn a, Patton, right, from, uh, from uh, what's it called? On, a Freight yes. Waves Insiders, right? Glenn on, from Roanoke Insurance Group, another person from over there. We talked about Carnage with Karen, but with him we'll talk more about the, the broader insurance and why that's important and yes. um, and why sometimes when shippers defer it, like I would I would just facepalm because it's important stuff. <laughs> like I said, don't leave port without it. Don't leave the curb without it. You wouldn't drive your car without insurance, would you? No, but I mean, so like, but what? It, it's not expensive either, is no, it? No, it's not. It's that's, not. That's why you do the facepalm. It's like uh, it's like at the post office. It doesn't cost. It costs a few cents to insure something for hundreds of dollars. You might as well do that. Well, sure, and even though insurance rates may be going up. Uh, you know what goes up even more? Those verdicts. Imagine getting a, new, a $70 yeah. million dollar verdict against you with no insurance. See yeah. you later, company. You're gone. You're on the street. You're busking for uh, dimes. Yeah. You, you, you could just be a chameleon company, though, and try to... You know what people got to do, though? They got to download the Freight Waves TV app. Go in your app store right now um, to listen to this show. The first one is out on audio already. I know they're going to upload it to video the first session from this morning. If you go to FreightWaves.com or... Go to Freightcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere podcasts are heard around, around the, the world. world. Or just look up What the Truck if you just want that one. You want to go a la carte. But why would you when you got the whole buffet that is Freightcast? I know this is a special show, but there's a lot of offerings that we now have on the Freightcast network. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- there's some deep dives. Preach. And still, and still entertaining. Say it again. You know? <laughs> yeah. So... Um, you know, everyone has just done so well here uh, on the Freightcast team. Of course. I mean, that, there's a reason why it's top 25 in business podcasts and growing. I mean, Like, like uh, Anthony Smith and Zach. I love their yin and yang. They're yeah. back and forth. One's I feel micro, like a butt's coming. One's macro. Oh. One is objective. One is subjective. Yes. And yet, with that Freightonomics, boy, they can they, they deliver it in a way. It's almost like Freakonomics. Yeah, it's I mean, Freightonomics. Sure. Uh, oh, you're, you're taking me. Oh. Uh-oh. Stay tuned for the Fireside Chat with Scott Gaines and Lionel Vanderwelt. President CEO of the Americas at Big Argo. Uh, May 5th through 6th. We're signing for the passport program. Yeah, why not? Everyone's doing it. 